0: From Strongsville, Ohio, the pastor of the Strongsville Christian Church, Pastor Joseph Colini. Amen. I'd like to officially greet everyone and welcome everyone to Strongsville Christian Church. Today's message is unlimited access. Unlimited access, and uh, this was this is a, a very uh, special message. I believe that the Lord wanted me to share with the house of God is unlimited access i actually had a totally different message prepared for this week it was totally finished and uh, wednesday night on the way home the lord removed that message that i had totally prepared and finished praise the lord oh i feel strong now powered up amen Yeah, the message I had totally finished uh, uh, on Wednesday for Sunday. I was actually trying to get ahead because I had so many different uh, things on my schedule. I don't like to uh, procrastinate and let things pile up, so I was trying to jump ahead. And I had the sermon totally finished, ready to go, and the Lord removed it from my heart and um, gave me a new one that was heavy in my heart, and I just couldn't shake it. So uh, it's not that I'm not going to give the other message, but uh, right now it's in limbo. And this is the one that the Lord pressed on my heart, unlimited to access. And uh, this is something that is so powerful. And I'm going to flip sides of the fence with unlimited access so you'll see there's going to be a transition Uh, i'm going to start in one direction then i'm going to switch up to a different direction i'm going to hit it from different angles and you'll be able to catch me on that amen because it's a very simple but special word amen first of all i love you guys appreciate you coming out And I pray that the Lord will uh, not have your coming in vain. I pray that this message will shape you, transform you, and uh, restore you. Those that need to be restored, delivered. Those that need to be delivered and empower you. Those that need to be empowered in the name of Jesus by the word of God. And this is what we speak over you today. Unlimited access. Not everyone has your best interest or excuse me, not everyone has your best intentions at hand. Many people with jealousy, lust, greed, and violence want access to you, amen? So we have to be cautious that we do not allow Uh, just anyone and everyone, to have unlimited access to us. Amen? See, we live in a day right now where technology is like never before. We're communicating on so many different platforms. We have the telephone. We have emails. We have uh, uh, video chats. We have uh, uh, Facebook. We have YouTube. We have uh, Twitter, uh, Instagram. We have all these different ways where we allow people to have access to us. You have your neighbors that have access to you, your coworkers, your uh, students. You have all these folks in our life that, ha- that we grant access to. And a lot of times people, we don't know who has what intentions or what their motives are. And sometimes it's not seen right away. Because how many of you know that the devil will sometimes put a, sh- a surface face on and then you don't find out someone's intentions until years after the fact. Amen. It takes time to see the intentions of heart because we are people sometimes are the world. I'll say the world is masters of disguise. Amen. The world is masters of disguise, letting you see one thing. But in their heart, there's something else. Jesus expressed it this way. He said, they honor me with their words with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. And when people have heart that is far from you, you have to regiment the access that you grant them. Amen. Has anyone ever given someone access to you? Have you ever given someone access to you because you thought things were going a certain way and then later on you found out the access that you gave them, uh, they ended up using it against you. And then it was harder to uh, reestablish New boundaries with them because you already let them get so close. Amen. So we have to be cautious and allow God. And then... The other extreme is this, folks. I'm not saying don't ever get anyone any access to you, because you got some folks. They're so wounded and so hurt that there are people that actually have that have genuine, godly, biblical love towards you, and they want to help you and bless you. But you're so wounded and guarded, you can't distinguish between those who love you and those who hate you, and so you just cut everyone off, and you 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 go like, um, what's that show? That movie when he. Was was on the desert island and he made uh uh uh, yeah castaway he made that little uh what was it the volleyball wilson you know and he painted wilson and that was his only friend i'm not saying do that either you know go out into an island where you know your only friend is a a a volleyball you know (laughs) that that's that's the other extreme amen and there is you'll always see in god there is a balance amen so again i want this to go deep into your heart folks so We, as children of God, we need to be cautious. Be careful. Sometimes you just, uh, someone will send you a friend request on Facebook, right? They could be um, a hacker, a computer hacker. They could have viruses, and they can target Christians, Right, And as soon as you accept their friend request, and then they start sending you messages or whatever, you open them up. There's, there's emails that people will send you, and if you open up that email, it gives them access to take over your computer. It gives them access to hack into your bank account. We have to make sure that we just don't give the world unlimited access. Right, The, the devil is shrewd. He, how many of you know the devil wants access to your children? Right? He wants access to their minds. He wants access to their moralities, their thoughts, their direction in which they're living life. And we as the parents, we have to guard who has access to our kids. Let the church say amen. Those that are married, we have to make sure that we don't just grant anyone access into our marriage. Amen? Not everyone has your best intentions At hand, many people with jealousy, lust, greed, and violence want access to you. In Proverbs 4.23, one of my favorite Bible verses, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. The King James says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. So we have to be very cautious as children of God who we grant access to our heart. Amen. Nehemiah 6:1 6, 6, It says now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Gisham and the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I was that I had builded the wall and that there was no breach left therein though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. So look at what the scripture is saying. He's saying that n- there was no access available to anyone. He had everything guarded. He had everything blocked up. The, the walls were protected. They were guarded. Uh, he was on his P's and Q's, as the world says, right? But yet there was the doors that were not totally set up yet and those doors were granting access to his enemies he had the prep he had the plan and the intentions to set those doors right that was in his motivation to set the doors but yet he had not set them up yet so he gave a window for the enemy to come in how many of you know the devil we could be on guard Uh, six days a week, but on one day of that week, it's party time, and we grant the enemy access through that door to come into our life and reap havoc. How many of you know the enemy is patient? The enemy has perseverance. The enemy will wait for one window of opportunity that we have allowed him to have access And it says, I had not set up the doors upon the gates, and that Sanballat and Gisham sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some one of the village in the plan of Ono. Sister Ron, I think they're trying to get in there. They're waiting for you. Uh, But they thought to do me mischief. Amen. How many of you know the enemy is thinking to do you mischief? Amen. Regulating, restricting, and refining who you give access to protects you from unlimited attacks. Nobody, and folks, please hear this. Now, I'm not talking about a, a, a mother and their brand new baby that they're feeding. You know, that baby should have unlimited access to you by law or you can be possibly breaking some uh, uh, criminal laws by not giving your baby unlimited access. So don't take don't get it twisted. Amen. But how many know when that same baby that you give unlimited access, how many know as they get 19, 20 years old, you know, when you go into the bathroom, you need to limit that access. Amen. There comes a time where those who it was appropriate to have unlimited access that you need to start establishing boundaries. Amen. Regulating restriction and refining who you give access to protects you from unlimited attacks. Nobody but God should have unlimited access to you. Amen. Let me say it this way. Whoever you give unlimited access to, that is who you worship. We give God unlimited access to us. The, and let me say this the more access you grant someone, that means the more you trust them. The more you love someone, the more access you give to them. Jesus said, If you love me, keep my commandments. Amen. The more you love someone, the more access you give. To that person, the more you trust them, the more access you grant to them in your life. Amen? Nehemiah 6.3, it says, And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Wallace, I leave it and come down to you. Uh, yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. Amen. The enemy wanted access to nehemiah already had that open door how many know the enemy was not satisfied with a little bit of access if you give a little bit of access to the enemy he's not going to be satisfied until he totally destroys your life until he totally takes over your mind until he takes over your heart your spirit and sends you into the place of abyss he is not going to be satisfied with a little bit of inch you grant him a little bit he's going for everything And how many of you know, Nehemiah restricted his access. He kept coming, kept sending messages, come down, come down. He said, no, I'm not coming down. Why? Because Nehemiah was in a place. If you read the whole uh, uh, book of Nehemiah, you can see that Nehemiah was seeking God. Nehemiah was seeking God. He was praying and fasting. And through his prayer and fasting, he started to hear the voice of the Lord. He started to know that he had to put back Jesus or God as the unlimited access of him and his people. He started to tell the people that they needed to prioritize the house of God, that they had to start giving unlimited access to God and their finances. If you continue to read it, it goes into tithing, that he told the people that you have to start tithing to God. You have to start prioritizing the house of God. If you read the story, and all these things came from prayer and fasting. Why? Because the people back then, they restricted the access that they gave to God. They would allow God to do certain things in their family, but they would restrict God over here. How many of you know a cow has different stomachs? And sometimes Christians can be like a cow where they allow God to access certain reservoirs of certain stomachs, but they don't give God unlimited access. God, you can come in this area of my life, but not over here. God, I'll give you my time, but I'm not giving you my finances. God, I'll give you my finances, but I'm not giving you my time. God, I'll give you my time and my finances, but don't come around my entertainment. That's me time. You see, and so God is looking for a church that will allow him unlimited access, and anything that you give God access to, he will improve it. He will bless you. He will change you. And how many know I am a witness? And I'm not going to comb through all the areas of your life. This is not a message of condemnation. This is not a message of shame and guilt. Let the Holy Ghost speak to you and your personal life as to where you need to open up the access to God in your life. What is it in your life that you're holding back? Because I got to tell you, whatever you give to God, he gives you back more. I love the story of Nehemiah. And why was the enemy trying to get access to Nehemiah? Because Nehemiah was called by God to do a great work. He was going to bring the people back to the word of God. How many of you know, I know as a pastor, the devil will fight you tooth and nail on your way to church. He will try to block you from hearing the word of God. And so as a new Christian, you will start to see battles happen that never happened any time in your life. But yet when you started to grant God more access, you will start to see that there's more resistance because the enemy does not want you to hear the word of God. He'll fight you on it. But how many of you know I stand on the word of God that says greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world? The Bible says it is our responsibility to tear out. Amen. Let me say it this way. This is my point, which is going to go into the Bible. Amen. It's our responsibility to tear out and remove anything in our life, blocking our access to Jesus. Someone say it's my responsibility Now, a lot of times there are uh, teachings and preachings and doctrines that chalk everything up to the will of God, right? But how many of you know if you carefully, rightfully divide the word of God, you'll see that God has granted us free will and tells us, in fact, he commands us to choose, He commands us to choose, which puts the responsibility back on the child of God. But that does not mean that everything we choose is God's will or everything we don't choose is God's will. Nor does it mean everything that happens to us is God's will. Nor does it mean nothing that happens to us is God's will. You see, we want to go on one category, it's, it's just God's will. No, God is telling us as a church, take the bull by the horns, own up to the things that you can change in God. You see, because a lot of times we, we create the will of God as some form of mystery, an enigma something we make the will of god something that is mysterious mystical even but yet the will of god is written in black and white in the word of god sometimes in red letter edition is red but it's written plainly and even the Bible says the law of God is written in the hearts of man. So it is not a mystery if we read the word of God, if we hear the word of God, if we submit to the word of God, his will becomes plain and clear. And then it's just a matter of whether we are going to submit to the flesh or the word of God. Some would say determination. I want you to declare this for yourself. I have determination. determination. That was okay. I'm not mad about it per se. But I believe in you that you could do better. Someone say, "I I have determination to give God unlimited access to my life. Okay. Now, look, I appreciate your lack of hesitant to repeat what I was saying because you didn't know where I was taking you. you could, I could have been like, I'm determined to eat unlimited pizza. I just knew you had to trust where I was taking you. <laughs> it would be good too. too. I'm not mad about that either. It's our responsibility to tear out and remove anything in our life blocking our access to jesus because i'm going to tell you if that were not to be true we would not need to do anything for god we would not need to read our bible we just chalk it up well god if god wanted me to do it he would make me do it Uh, we would not have to go to church if god wanted me to go to church he'd make me go to church you know we would never give any offerings where the bible says more blessed to give than receive we would never give anything to support the missions of god's house we would just chalk everything up to god's will where do we draw the line then and then God is saying, I'm putting this responsibility on you. Because then, why is it that some people get healed, some people don't? Well, it's just the will of God. Why do some people grow and some people don't grow? Well, that's just the will. See, come on. Anyone determine? I feel your determination. I feel it. I feel it. Mark 2, 2. Look at this. And many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. And he was preaching the word to them, and they came bringing him a paralytic carried by four men. Man, that guy was not on a fast. Some would say he was big-boned. The a large man. You know, I went suit shopping yesterday and I noticed they got this new term on the suit. It says modern fit. Is that a polite way of saying I'm fat? Oh, sir, the slim fit is not your style or the New York style. Let's just bring you over to the modern fit section. Oh, yeah. I like the modern fit section. Is that a way of making me feel good that I'm big (laughs) boned? Modern fit. I'll take it. (laughs) So this man, it took four of them to carry this guy. It says, and when they could not get near him because of the crowd. Now, can I pause right there? So first you have the entrance blocked off. The door was blocked up. He was surrounded by people. You know, he could have just said, well, if it was God's will, I, I can't get access. You know, it's not convenient for me. You know, maybe God just doesn't want to heal me. And they could have just, because look at the effort it took for them. It would have been easier for them to just say it's not God's will for this man to get healed. If Jesus wanted him healed, then why wouldn't Jesus come to him? Why would we have to carry his weight and take four men to carry this God? It's probably just not God's will. God wants him to suffer in this condition, in this state. It, it's God, it pleases God for him to struggle. It would have been so easy to say that. But they had to put all of that inconvenience aside... They had to trust God in faith. They had to risk embarrassment. They even had to risk the rest of the Jews attacking him. They went to the extreme where they were so determined to give access to Jesus that they tore the roof off. And you will see a lot of miracles that took place that Jesus did, you will see a pressing, a determination, a willing to not care what people say, a willingness to not care what people think, putting your pride aside, humbling yourself, a determined not taking no for an answer. Like the widow woman who went to the unjust judge who kept coming back, she had determination that she was going to hear a favorable answer. Is there any determined people in God's house that I'm gonna give him unlimited access? I will tear the roof off. I will remove any obstacles. Nothing is gonna stop me from getting to God's house. Nothing's gonna stop me from worshiping Jesus. Nothing's gonna stop me from praying. Nothing's gonna stop me from serving him with my whole heart and my whole soul. Do we got any worshipers in the house who will worship Jesus in spirit and in truth? There was a sermon I preached. You can hate me, but you can't stop me. You see, when you are determined, nothing can stop you. As long as it's God's will. But clearly it was God's will. And Mark 2, 5. And when Jesus saw their faith. You see, Always remember, faith without works is dead. Now, that is not the faith that leads to salvation. Understand, there's two different things. There is faith in God's grace for salvation. But then after that salvation, there is faith with works that activates the kingdom of heaven. Understand, there is a difference. Amen? So these people, not only did they have faith, but they had corresponding action which showed their determination that they were going to remove any obstacle so that Jesus had unlimited access to the man. You see, that paralytic man, he could have been surrounded by four individuals. That could have said, you're always going to be paralyzed. You're never going to change. There's no hope for you. Once paralyzed, always paralyzed. Once you're in this condition, you will always be in this condition. You see, that paralyzed man surrounded himself by people who were willing to tear out the obstacles that were blocking him from Jesus. You see, he gave unlimited access to these four individuals who were going to propel him in the things of God. Folks, we need to surround ourselves with four people that are willing to carry our bed and bring us to Jesus. And I like where Jesus goes in this story, in this situation. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now the irony of that is that's not what they came for. That guy wasn't coming there for his sins to be forgiven. He was coming for a healing, which tells me that when you give God unlimited access to your life, he will do more for you than what you even intended. And he will do better for you. Because I'm going to tell you, right, him going to heaven was more important than getting healed. There are a lot of healthy people who are going to end up in hell. A lot of healthy people. I would rather be wounded and crippled and end up in heaven because the Bible says we're going to have new glorified bodies, anyways. And Jesus' number one goal was not healing. In fact, the healing was only a demonstration to show that he had the power to forgive sins, that his number one objection was not healing, it was salvation. And then if God can use the healing so that people will have faith for salvation, and that's what unfolded. That's what transition. Sons, your sins are forgiven. When we give God new access, we receive new direction and new blessings. Amen? I'm going to say that again. When we give God new access, we receive new direction and new blessings. In Mark 2.11, I say to you, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. And he arose and immediately picked up his bed and went out before them all so that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. You see, when you give God new access to your life, he will start to do things in your life. Well, it gives God the glory. And he will start to see changes in your life and it'll be so eminent and so profound that other people will witness that you have now given God new access to your life. It is my intentions that those who come to this church, that they will be a witness. They will be an ambassador. They will be someone who worships Jesus in spirit and in truth. They will be known by the love that they have for their brothers. They will be someone that has been known. Known to be in the presence of God with new compassion, new mercies, new forgiveness, new joy, new excitement for Jesus. And that is going to spread. It will explode. Someone say unlimited access. When we give Jesus unlimited access to our life. Satan loses. Someone say that with me. Satan loses. Say it one more time. Satan loses. Doesn't that feel good just to say that? Satan loses. Jim Carrey said, loser. And I think he even threw up a double L. Loser! Tell that to the devil. Devil, you can't have unlimited access to me. I'm covered under the blood of Jesus. When we give Jesus unlimited access to our life, satan loses access to our life amen matthew 16 18 and it says and i say also unto thee thou art peter and upon this rock i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it and i will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Amen. Now, you can see right here in this scripture, if you could fully appreciate it, you could see that God is sovereign. God's will is sovereign. But you can see he's giving over his sovereignty to those who are born again. He's given over his sovereignty to those that have his Holy Spirit to live in him, that are baptized with fire, baptized with the Holy Ghost. He is giving us the keys Someone say, I got the keys. The keys give you unlimited access. Now, it's not saying that once you got the keys to the kingdom, you can start walking around and saying, uh, you know, walk around everywhere, you know, everywhere you go. I got the keys to the kingdom. Give me all your money. I got the keys to the kingdom. A wall, you know, I'm not saying that either. But it is giving us unlimited authority over all works of the enemy. You see, as a child of God, when you get baptized with the Holy Ghost, you already have the victory right there. You're not trying to. The victory was already accomplished on the cross. And Jesus, being loving, he is sharing That authority of the victory that we could not accomplish, he's sharing the authority and the power with the children of God. And I want to say it one more time. Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. It is time for the church to start binding demons, binding addictions, binding curses, binding negative thoughts, binding depression, binding fear, binding anything that is not of God in the name of Jesus. Because Jesus is saying, I'm giving you backup. I'm giving you unlimited access to the kingdom. And I got to tell you, when you give over that unlimited access to the Lord and Savior of your life, you are robbing the devil from controlling you, manipulating you, tempting you, messing with you. It's amazing that he's saying, I will give you the keys. You never give someone a key that you do not trust. You will never give someone a key that you do not love. Now, for all of you homeowners, I would like a copy of your keys by the end of the service. There is a uh, Home Depot that way, a Lowe's that way, and uh, you may put the key. No, I'm, I'm teasing. But I'm just saying, though, but, but think about that on a serious note. Who do you give the keys to your house? Do you just walk up to a random stranger and give them a copy of your keys, even to your car? Some of you, you won't even give a copy of the key to your shed. Right? Unless you really love and trust someone. Isn't that amazing that God can love and trust us? And he's saying, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. You see, that's better than anything on this earth. Amen. Ephesians 1:17, it says, "And then you could see uh, an illustration of this unlimited access in context it says that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him having the eyes of your hearts enlightened that you may know what is the hope To that which he has called you, which are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. And what is the immeasurable, some would say immeasurable, immeasurable greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his great might. Now, this unlimited access that he has granted us to his kingdom is not so we could brag, not so that we could boast, not so that we could steal his glory, not so that we could take uh, control, but actually, and contrary, to give the control of our life back over to the one who knows how to lead us and guide us in all things. You see, Jesus said this way, he said, He said, unless you become as one of these small little children, you can't be one of my followers. Why? Because a small child granted their parents unlimited access. You see that? A small child, they have to depend on their parents to pay the bills, to make sure the the heat and the gas is paid for. They have to depend on their parents to go to work and provide food and shelter and protection. A small child has to solely give their parent unlimited access to them. And as children of God, when we do the same thing to our Father in heaven, He will provide for us, He will protect us, He will lead us and guide us, and it's a glorious thing. Whenever we give access, whenever we give Jesus access to our life, he will always improve and do more for us than we could do for him. Now, you have to believe that. Any area of your life where you're hesitant or grudgingly not wanting to give God access to it. Again, I need, I have to depend on the Holy Spirit because everyone is in different places. I have to depend on the Holy Spirit to speak to you through that word, whatever area of your life. See, some people uh, are not fully operating in the power that God had intended them to operate because they've been hurt. Right. And that hurt, they have not given God access to that hurt in their life. And that is hindering their healing. It is hindering their boldness. It is hindering their power. It is hindering their it becomes a stumbling block. You see, in every area of your life from I'm talking about from childhood pains, childhood disappointments, past relationships, Past wounds, even from the church. Past wounds in history, from the family, disappointments, even even access to your own failures, where you've let God down, where you've messed up. You have to give God unlimited access to every area, every compartment, from your mind, your soul, your spirit, your body, from your bank account to your household to your time. God is saying, "I want to be the Lord of your life. I don't want to be." a part-time lord i don't want to be a rental lord i don't want to be a lord just on sundays i don't want to be a lord just on fridays i want to be the lord of your life on every day 24 hours of day i want to be a lord of your life what does it mean when you make god your lord and savior is he the Lord of every area of your life? Or are there some areas of your life where you have not? You've made him Lord over here. You've made him Lord over there. But you've not yet made him Lord over here. And what I pray for this church here and those watching online, I pray that God grants you the faith and the trust in him to increase your access to Jesus. Jesus. Increase it. That's what I pray. I pray for an overflow of faith, an overflow of trust. Try and prove them, the Bible says. Try me, test me, prove me, and see if I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing you have not have room to receive. And it goes on to say, I will rebuke, I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Had God not rebuked the devourer for our sake, this church would not be here. You, please understand that God had to rebuke the devourer of this church. Amen. And these things are eligible and available. To every saint, every saint of God. How do I know that? Because God said, I am no respecter of persons. Amen. Whenever we give Jesus access to our life, he will always improve and do more for us than we can do for him. How many ever know that um, those uh, home improvers? I think it's Joanna and Chip Gaines. Raise your hand if you know them, Joanna and Chip Gaines, right? They see a, 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 a an embarrassing h- household, shameful household, right? And what they do is they go into that household, right? Why? Because the owners grant them access to that home that has been purchased. And when they grant Joanna and Chip Gaines access to that house, They take something that was shameful and make it beautiful. You see, and Jesus is saying today won't you grant me access into your life because I want to come into your life and go into the areas that were shameful. I want to go into the areas that you would not share with the public, wouldn't even share with your family. I want to go into those areas and I want to make it beautiful. I want to take what's meant for evil and turn it around for good. I want to do things where I will get the glory of the things that hurt you and cause you pain and suffering. Jesus is saying today, won't you grant me access. Yeah, you've granted me a little access, and I'm grateful for that, but Jesus is saying, I want more. I want more access. I'm tired of the devil messing with you. I'm tired of the devil harassing you and tormenting you. I'm tired of the devil messing with areas of your life that are robbing you of peace and joy. I'm tired of the devil aggravating you. God is saying, I want to go into the intimate places of your life. That no one knows but you. And I want access to that area. I want to give you a supernatural healing. I want to change you. I want you to radiate from the presence of God, the glory of God, the joy of the Lord, the peace of the Lord. I want you to enjoy this temporary life that I've given you. I want you to maximize and make use of this life. I don't want you just to, ex- to exist. I don't want you just to survive. I've called you to thrive. I called you to be set apart. I called you to be on the mountain so that I can shine through you. You don't put a lamp and put it under a bushel. God is saying He's raising up a church in these last days that is not ashamed of the gospel, that is not afraid to declare the word of God. Won't you grant him unlimited access? I will. I'm going to grant him unlimited access. Now, I love my, my wife. I really love her. But there are some things, even in my wife, I don't give her unlimited access. You see, when I go to the bathroom, I shut the door and I lock it. You can knock, but you can't come in. Wait until I leave. Huh? My toothbrush. I I love my wife. But you don't have unlimited access, even as my wife to use my toothbrush. That's my toothbrush. But Jesus, you could even come into the bathroom. You could even use my toothbrush. Lord, you have unlimited access. Because I know if I grant Jesus access to my toothbrush, he'll give me a new one. Amen? And it'll be more improved. It'll be one of those electric ones. have different pulse modes. Give a deeper cleaning. Go in between the gums. Clean out what you couldn't clean on your own. He's better than a water floss. He'll come have you stronger and better. Amen? Revelation 3.19. It says, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Right? Uh, Be zealous, therefore, and repent. Now, it's easy to preach this scripture from a brow beating perspective, I'll oh, repent and rebuke and chase. And you could you could deliver it that way and you could receive it that way. And I'm not mad about it. But do you know that when I read these scriptures, I read it from the lens of love. And let me tell you why. Because when we want to get healed of something, Jesus needs us to stop granting access to the enemy of the thing that's causing us pain. And so if we repent, that means to cut off the access from the enemy. If you keep going back to something, you're going to keep going in a circle. What's the definition of insanity? To do the same thing and expect a different result. God is saying, I want you to give him new access so that you could get a new result. That's going to give him glory. Amen? Jesus said this way, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. And I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door. How many of you know this here is the partnership of our walk with God? Jesus is not the SWAT team. He's not kicking the door in. He doesn't have a battering ram. He wants us to unlock the door to our heart and grant, open up that door and give him unlimited access. Because can I, can I tell you, when he comes in, you'll never be the same. He will empower you in areas that you will not believe. He said, I will come in to him and sup with him and he with me. Do you know what that means? That means that Jesus wants to eat with you. He wants to fellowship with you. He wants to have a personal, intimate relationship with you. Amen. Stronghold, be Christian church. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me.